hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you and welcome. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. I have no blooming idea uh, what time of day it is for you. For me, it's the evening, uh, my Tuesday evening, sitting here talking to myself, but in the full knowledge that you're listening, uh, you're there, you're out there, and I, I, I know that because you say good day now and then, <laughs> now and then you say good day, and it's great to get your emails, so go to the website eftm.com.au uh, or yourtechlife.com. You can call 1-800-157-157, or you can jump on the tweets, uh, twitter.com, sign up, join and follow me at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Great to hear from people, and that's how I know you're out there. Um, I obviously have server logs that tell me if people are downloading the show still. <laughs> but um, that, could be a, that could be automated. It could be a computer downloading it all for no one. But I know you're there because you send me emails and say good day. And it is great to hear from you always um, whenever it um, occurs, whether it's just to say good day or you've got a question or a problem about technology. Um, if you have a question, just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, and uh, say good day. Tell me what your problem is. Try and help you out. We'll, um, we'll do that tonight or this afternoon this morning. Uh, this week, I'm going to spend a bit. I'm going to follow up on a, on a call from last week um, about the MacBook. I'm going to tell you about Dropbox's new plans in Australia. I'm going to tell you about my Dick Tracy week. I'm going to tell you a lot about my thoughts on Apple today. As it stands, where is Apple? Where are they as a company? What do they need to do next? And is this a make or break year for them? Very interesting times. Very, very interesting times. So I've written a little list of the things I think Apple has to do. Now, they, they don't care what I think, really. But it'll be interesting to know whether or not any of these things happen. And if they don't, does it affect the company? I don't know. Maybe maybe it won't. Uh, is the uh, the sales in new and emerging markets offsetting potentially lower sales in the old markets, the West. Interesting times ahead for Apple. All that thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, Garmin.com. That I'll tell you about them shortly. Thanks for listening. Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Follow-up from last week, I spoke to Patrick, who um, I think was out at Canberra, uh, about uh, a laptop for his daughter who was, I think, heading into uni or high school. Uh, he was willing to spend a bit of bucks, and I think we spec'd him up a very nice MacBook Air for about 2099 And I uh, got a great email from Phil, um, which I did pass on to Patrick. I hope he got it. Um, it uh, he, he, he says, great recommendation for a laptop for Patrick's daughter. 
Um, but as he mentioned, she was going to university and she would qualify for purchasing through the Apple Education Store. You save $100. Uh, you know, not something I knew off the top of my head. That's fantastic. So, And he makes a good point. You, you know, $100, uh, he doesn't have to go back in the kick. He could put that towards a, a really good quality bag. Um, so really important for um, for people that uh, that having a um, you know an entry into university or any educational qualification, you can save a couple of bucks, a hundred bucks on a on a two thousand dollar purchase is not not uh, anything to be uh, to laugh at. Um, he also says it might also be recommend you might also recommend waiting for the frequent ten percent off sales. However, these exclude often built-to-order machines uh, such as the one we spec'd up. So good good advice there, Phil. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate your uh, your input. And uh, if you've got advice for um, anyone, um, whether it's someone you heard on this show or just generally advice for people about technology, I, I can't know it all. I can't see it all. I can't test it all. I can't do everything. I try. Don't damn, damn try. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but uh, send me an email. Website EFTM stands for everything for the man, uh, but everyone's welcome. Or your tech life. Com. Thank you, Phil. Um, appreciate your input. And you're listening to Your Tech Life. Uh, get in touch, say g'day, uh, eftm.com.au or jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. G'day, Veronica. How are you, Trevor? I'm excellent. Thank you what, for calling me. That's okay. What can I do for you? Well, um, what, I'm really confused about Heartbleed. I've been getting a couple of emails from um, people I've got log-ons with mm. that asking me to change my uh, passwords. And now these are things that I've sort of investigated on the internet and I've used once or twice and really never gone back. So I've used yeah. a really generic password with them. And I was just wondering, do I need to change them? Do I? What are those services? Um, Who, who's emailing you? Oh, okay. Well, um, Lemon Wallet, where I keep my, you know, you know, you uh, cards that you get coffees with and what are they, uh, loyalty cards. Loyalty cards, rewards now, cards. I've never yep. put credit cards in them. Yep. Um, and also Tumblr. Tumblr, Tumblr a blogging platform, yes. Yeah. So here's the drum. <clears throat> Heart, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough one because it's so bloody complicated. But uh, when I use the word vulnerability, I mean some sort of error or problem. Now, Heartbleed is all about the security certificate that exists on websites. Now, when we go to websites yeah. that need security, it's that little lock that appears on our browser and says it's safe, it's secure, your data is safe. Yeah, And we all trust yeah. that, don't we? So what's yeah. happened here is there's lots of different brands of those locks, if you like, and one of those brands mm-hmm. just it wasn't locking properly. <laughs> we put the key in, oh. you clamp it shut, but it wasn't quite shut properly. And mm-hmm. someone found this out and has told the companies in question and they've been fixing those locks very quickly over the last week. The problem is mm-hmm. between the time that it was discovered and that some people fixed their locks, who knows what information was accessed. So if during that time someone got access to one of those sites and actually found your password, um, and it's more likely the sites that you use regularly, not the ones that you didn't use because you wouldn't have actually used your password at those times. Mm, But regardless of that, the best protection now is to change your password. There's actually no um, major outbreak of of concern in anyone that's been directly hacked. There's a couple of reports of people's passwords being obtained, but I know it's terrible for those people, but I'm reading stories now about 500,000 pieces of personal data being hacked from a computer. Nothing to do with Heartbleed. That's a much bigger worry than than Heartbleed. And the reason is because it's kind of like Y2K. 
everyone thinks it wasn't a problem, but it was it was not a problem because it was fixed. Heartbleed, massive, huge, ridiculous security hole, but it was fixed really quickly by a lot of companies. You know, Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, Yahoo, um, YouTube, all these sites were fixed quickly. But the safest thing for anyone to do right now is change your passwords. Change them everywhere. So should, should I change it on Twitter and um, yes. Facebook? Yep, change them now. Everywhere, okay. regardless of whether you've got an email from someone, regardless of whether okay. or not that site was affected, changing your password okay. is a very smart and safe thing to do. And the other really, really important piece of advice is don't click anything in those emails because if those emails aren't legitimate, okay, now this, mm. is, where, this is where the world really goes mad. The hackers aren't bothering to try and get into sites that are vulnerable. What they're doing is they're sending mm-hmm. spam messages saying, oh, you know, to, to update our security, we've, we've patched the heartbeat bug. Pre- click here to update your mm-hmm. password. You click here, it looks like the Twitter website or the Tumblr website, mm-hmm. and you put in your username and your password, and then they've got your username and your password because they've just they've just. You know, I usually would you. never do that, but I did that on the Lemon one. I did click the link on that. Well, go back now and go to your web browser yeah. and type lemoncards.com or whatever the website is. Yeah. Type it yourself. Okay? okay, go to your browser, type the website you want to go to, change your password. It's great that they send you an email, but don't click the links in the emails because you just don't know whether they've sent, um, uh, whether that is actually a phishing email, someone trying to scam okay. your password yeah. out of you. So bottom line, mm. great that you're aware of it. I personally mm. am not stressed about it. It's not it's not a, not a game-changing, world-ending thing. No banks have been, and- been concerned by this. Bank, For example, oh. the Commonwealth Bank website had to be updated but not their banking website, just their normal everyday okay. website. So, you know, so you can't log on to their blog. Oh, whoop-de-doo. Mm. But you, they haven't got into any banking institutions, anything like that. But okay. safety first, change your passwords. Excellent. Oh, that's what I'll do then. All right. So uh, go around and you know what? Pen and paper, write a list of all the sites you go to, all the sites you've got registrations with, and put mm-hmm. a tick next to them and change your password. And then... Email yourself that same list, and if you can, delay the email by three months, and in three months, do it again. Every three months, every six months at most, change your password. That's an interesting idea. That's a very good idea. I try. All right, Veronica, stay safe online. I knew you'd be able to help me with this. I'll do my best. Thanks, Veronica. Thanks for reaching out and getting in touch. (laughs) Thank you very much, Trevor. Bye-bye. You too. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Now, you think a um, little, little less than a week after Samsung launched the um, Samsung Galaxy S5, their new flagship phone, uh, you would think that that's what I'd be talking to you about tonight. Uh, very, very interesting that it's a great phone. It's waterproof. Fingerprint scan is okay. I couldn't get the PayPal integration working. As an Android phone, it's good. I really like it. It's still, you know, not as good a quality materials as the HTC One, but it looks great in the hand and and feels good and feels a lot lighter. So that's that's my feedback on the Galaxy S Five. I'll write a longer review soon. But the thing that I'm loving is the Samsung Gear Two. This is their smartwatch. Okay, now you have to have a Samsung Galaxy phone to pair with it because there's an app on the phone which communicates with the watch via Bluetooth. But let me tell you what this thing does. This is mind-blowing stuff. This thing 
can make phone calls. So I can sit here, right? I'm doing it right now in front of the microphone. You might not be able to hear it, but I'm, I'm going to type a number. Uh, I need to read it out. Um, I can actually type a phone number in the phone and hit dial. And my watch could be in my pocket. I can see my watch beside me, and it's, it's looking like I'm dialing a number. Uh, my phone, sorry. My watch, though, is on my wrist. And that is... That is my my voicemail uh, coming through on my watch because I just called my my work number. So I can actually make a call. There's a speaker in the watch. There's a microphone in the watch. uh, And you can actually make a phone call with a watch. That's cool on its own. Next up, I can read text messages. So I can see text messages as they come through. I can click on one here from my wife, yada, yada, yada. And I can click a button and, and it shows that message on my phone. So it physically like makes that, that message appear on my device. Um, if I go to a different message and then click the show message on device button, it just appears on my phone. Very cool. But I can also reply on the watch. Not having to take the phone out of my pocket. I can hit reply. And there's a, there's a bunch of standard responses, you know. Yes, thanks, I'll call you later, etc. So that's text messages. Then you've got a camera. I can open a camera. And pointing out from the camera is... My, I'm looking at my computer and I can tap the screen and a photo has been taken. That photo is immediately sent to my Galaxy S5 phone and I can tweet it, do whatever I want with it. Very cool. Very, very cool. So that's cool. We like that. What else can I do? It's unbelievable. Um, I can look up my contacts and dial people from my contacts. I can change a heap of settings. I can control my music player from there. I can click a button to find my phone. I can record voice memos. I can monitor my steps. I can set exercise regimes. I can monitor my heart rate. I can, what's controls? I can click that. Oh, brightness and volume. I can control the volume and brightness. I can also control my television. So using this watch, I can press press watch on remote and I can change the channel up, channel down. I can turn the TV off. I can change the input and I can change the volume. And if you've got a set-top box like a Foxtel, you could change the volume on the TV and the channel on the Foxtel. With your watch, you can do that. And there's also email. (laughs) I mean, and I've just installed an app here for a calculator, so it looks like a nerdy calculator watch. I can look at the weather. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Timer, stopwatch, everything. It's just fantastic, honestly. And, you know, it's a sleek-looking thing. It's a very nice design this year. Um, slim down a bit and not not so geeky looking. I can change the band. I am in love with it, honestly. $369 available at some of Samsung stores and, and the big retailers have all got them. I think it's unbelievable. I think it's the product that Samsung should be should be crowing about. It's bloody amazing. Uh, and it doesn't look stupid on your wrist. And people love it. So well worth a look if you're, uh, if you're interested in these kind of smart technologies. Um, this one is an absolute cracker as I take a photo of my wall. Um, so the Samsung Galaxy Gear 2, sorry, the Samsung Gear 2, not Galaxy, Samsung Gear 2, awesome. And um, very, very happy to be wearing that one right now. Uh, you want to check it out? I'll have a review up shortly at eftm.com.au. Now, I went to an event today where Dropbox um, were, were going to make an announcement. You never know with these things, is it anything worth worrying about? This was cool, though. Dropbox have announced they're setting up an office in Australia. Now, I mean, who cares is the is the first and, and most simple response to that. Um, but it does matter because they've also launched 
Dropbox for business. Now, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but a couple of things that uh, stuck struck me uh, at the event. A reminder that Dropbox is a very cool app um, for your phone. Uh, it's available on iOS and Android to uh, view cloud-based storage. So you have a, a free amount of storage and you can pay for more where you can just put files and share them amongst all your computers. And the, the way they synchronize the files is fantastic. And I'll talk in the next couple of weeks about my opinion on all these products because I've just recently moved from Dropbox to Google Drive um, because of price. But have they come up with a product that could bring me back? Now, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Mailbox is another product. They acquired this. It was uh, launched last year on iOS, and it's now available on Android. It's a great little product. Now, this thing um, is basically your mailbox, okay, and your email, Gmail, or your iCloud account. And it's very easy. I'm looking at my mail now. There's five or six new uh, emails here. And I've just got to swipe right, archive. Swipe right, archive. Swipe all the way right, delete. Swipe a little bit to the left. It snoozes the email. And what it does, is I'll, I'll swipe one to the to the left. And it, and it says later today, tomorrow evening, tomorrow, this weekend, next week, in a month, someday, or pick a date. Now, this is really cool because it means that I can click, oh, t- tell me about that one tomorrow. And it actually doesn't do anything other than uh, move the email into a special Gmail folder, and then it brings it back later. It brings it back. So it's a way of trying to manage your inbox down to zero and just have the things there that are active. If you do it right, works brilliantly. If you let it get out of control, doesn't really help. Uh, so, yeah, not so good. But anyway, it's worth checking out. Um, Mailbox, so that's their second app. And then the third one, this is what they've just launched, is called Carousel. Now, Carousel um, is a photo viewing app. It looks at any files in your Dropbox space that are fo- photos in any folder in any space. And it puts them in, in order of date so you can just browse through all your photos. Um, well worth looking at. This is the thing that could kick me back to Dropbox because I'm uploading 12, 13, 15 years of photos to my Google Drive, to the cloud. And if I can view them on any uh, mobile device, that would be cool. So we shall wait and see how that pans out. So the final thing is, if you're a business, uh, Dropbox for Business is a new opportunity to have a business managed storage space for your staff which if they leave the business or lose their phone you can control the wiping of that Uh, you can control all the administrative privileges you can control the single sign-on if you're in it this is worth looking at dropbox for business check it out online it's not badly priced like 15 bucks per user minimum five users for they don't they don't say unlimited but they say as much as you want so that is pretty cool. So I'll be checking that out over the next few months as well. So if you're a cloud user, Dropbox has uh, a few little treats for you. And if you're not a cloud user, listen out in the next couple of weeks. I'll tell you all about my thoughts on the cloud and, and services to choose and use. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you very much for listening. Your Tech Life. The website is eftm.com.au. Get in touch, say good day. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin.com.au. If you go to the website, you can meet Verb, V-I-R-B. This is a true HD 1080p action camera with built-in chroma display, up to three-hour battery, and rugged waterproof design. Easily film exactly what you see. What you what can you record? Everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. 
Um, it's made to do what you want to do. It's got a micro SD card slot for memory. It's got a mega battery, rugged and waterproof, and it's got a display on it. And you know, with a lot of these action cameras, you can't see what you're about to film. And that is frustrating. Very frustrating if you've done it. Superior image quality, uh, stabilization, leading edge extras. This is a great little product, which you have to check out if you do anything in the action space. Or if you just want to capture those moments in your life. A great little camera, easy to hold in your hand. It's called the Verb, V-I-R-B, the 1080p action camera uh, with a whole stack of mounts and different things for all those things you need it for uh, and Wi-Fi connectivity for uh, use with a smartphone app. So fantastic stuff from Garmin, the Verb, V-I-R-B, Garmin.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Okay, so it's been interesting playing with uh, and immersing myself in the Android ecosystem. Um, the HTC One, then the Samsung Galaxy S5, the, Gal- the uh, Samsung Gear 2, uh, using Google Drive. I've always used Google Mail, Gmail, since uh, 2006. Uh, I've, I've been 100% Gmail, except for work. Um, and it, it's kind of made me a plus. I've been using uh, my Lenovo X1 laptop. Um, instead of my MacBook Air. So I've kind of just, I don't know, I'm not trying to, you know, walk away from the ecosystem. I'm trying to understand um, where the ecosystem sits in the marketplace. And I've got a few observations. Now, I'll put them all up at EFTM, but let me, let me run through a few. The MacBook Air, easily my favorite product that I've ever bought. Um, I spec mine to the hilt, Um and I love it. It's so good. It's so fast, so easy to use. But I walk around with a kind of a man bag thing with a Telstra USB 4G dongle in it. So that whenever I'm at a cafe or a park or somewhere, I can just get on the internet. Or if someone rings and says something's wrong, I can be in the car, I can pull over and get on the internet. Why on earth? Why on earth does the MacBook Air not have a SIM card slot? Call it cellular, call it mobile data. I don't know. My Lenovo X1 has a very small slot. I pulled it out, put a SIM card in it, pushed it in. I enabled mobile broadband in Windows 8. I'm on the internet. I can carry that device around and nothing else and be on the internet anywhere there's coverage. Mm. It's a huge missed opportunity. They know how to do it. We know that. They make iPhones. They make the iPad, and I don't believe it's anything to do with competition from the iPad or against the iPad. I think it's just a missed opportunity. It takes up millimeters worth of space, and it could be in the operating system today. I have absolutely no idea why. The only reason I can think of is because they, for some reason, think it's going to cannibalize iPad sales. Who cares? I'm still buying an Apple product. Um... I just, honestly, it seems stupid that they don't have it. And I'm putting it on my list, things Apple must do. Secondly, a retina screen for the MacBook Air. I love my MacBook Air 11-inch, but I can only see half of what I would normally see in terms of depth of of a web page. And it's because the resolution is such and the screen size is such that it just doesn't work. Um, 
when I look at my MacBook Air, the 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 size of the 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 frame around the screen is ridiculous. It could be uh it could be at least a twelve inch screen fitting into the same size body. So I want a twelve inch screen in the eleven inch form factor. So an eleven inch MacBook Air size, but a twelve inch screen plus your mobile data, and I want it to be Retina so that I'm getting great resolution. It's a really important thing um, because, you know, the size of the web, way things roll out these days, it's it's going to be a big deal. So that's the MacBook Air. iWatch. I, I thought, to be honest, six months ago, I thought, nah, don't be stupid. But I, having now, because the original Galaxy Gear Watch was cool, but it was clunky and ugly. And... Apple would never have let themselves release that product. But I've got to tell you, if this Samsung watch, the Gear 2, was released by Apple, no one would blink an eyelid. No one would blink it. It'd probably have a different band. I reckon that's the only thing Apple would have changed as a first-gen product. They would never have released the Galaxy Gear, but the, the Gear 2, Apple quality. Looks nice. Stylish, brushed metal, beautiful screen, great resolution, good apps, but... It, it's just, it's a missed opportunity. They have to launch a watch and they have to then have a way of apps uh, creating a, a pathway to the watch. In the same way they're doing the in-car stuff, if you've got TuneIn Radio and you've got a car attached to it, you can control TuneIn Radio via the car. Uh, what they need is the iWatch to be a, a control surface for apps on the phone. So without turning the phone on, you're controlling apps that are on the phone. Uh, apart from that, this this is definitely a category. It, beyond my belief, smartwatches uh, is touchscreen smartwatches is a category. I always thought smartwatches was a category because I I think the the, the Casio, G Shock, Bluetooth watches are phenomenally awesome. Uh, but I now believe that touchscreen smartwatches is absolutely a category, and um, Apple need to be there. A low-cost iPhone. You know, there is actually no... I mean, there's not a low-cost uh, Samsung. But there is the, the Samsung Galaxy S4 Mini, for example. And you can either, you kind of assume that there'll be a um, Galaxy S5 Mini at some point during the year as well. So should and does Apple need to compete at a lower price point? Now, I think so. Uh, if you look at the the iPhone 5C uh, or um, what's the cheapest one now? They've still got the 4S. So the 4S, outright to buy $529. You make the 4S a $329 phone, that's getting exciting. That's getting exciting. That's nieces and nephews of mine will buy that. I don't know how they do it because I don't know what you strip out of the core product to give that value Um, because they're not going to sacrifice the screen. It's a tough one, and I get that. I really do. But something about me, my my read of the situation is that they they need to be at two ends of the market, and I don't believe those ends of the market are screen size. I believe they're price points. So... I don't think that having a six-inch iPhone is going to give them more market share. I think having a low-cost iPhone would. Um, I'm going to move this one down and put it last because I'm, it's it's big. 
The next one is a kids mode. Now, Android is nailing this. Samsung has a kids mode. I'm just going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, turn on my Galaxy S5 and enable kids mode. Now, it, it comes default. It's on the home screen that I can turn it on. I've moved it, though. Uh, where is it now? Where is it now? Where is it now? I've moved it. Silly me. Silly, silly me. I moved it. When I enable kids mode, the screen changes. Everything changes. And suddenly, I've got myself a phone that is now just the apps that I've approved, just the things that I want my kids to see or use or do. Uh, and bingo, it's it's a safe environment. <laughs> I just, I find it staggering that there's no simple way to enable a kids mode on an iPhone. Now, the problem is Apple will tell you that you can put restrictions on, but here's the problem with restrictions. When you turn restrictions on, great, awesome, but when you turn them off again, you lose all the settings, and it takes you five minutes to set up the restrictions. What I want is to open up kids mode and then there's great games in there for me and they've got to put a password in to get out. That's all I want. I want to be able to hand the phone to the kids, keep them busy, occupy them and then get it back. Turn it on or turn it off. Kids mode is awesome. And Apple needs to be in that space because so many people are using iPhones, iOS devices. Kids mode would add 20% to their sales. That's a figure made up by Trevor Long. Uh, but tell you what, I think it's fantastic and I would love, love, love to see it. Widgets and custom home screens. Now, this means really, uh, you know, it's an Android looking thing, but um, the thing about this is all you've got is icons, logos that represent an app. And the best they can do is um, show a little number that, you know, it could be the number of notifications in the app. On Android, my home screen is cool. It's really great. It's at a glance. At a glance, I can see the time in two or three cities. At a glance, I can see my inbox. Without even opening an app, I can see what's in my inbox. At a glance, I can see my calendar without opening anything. At a glance, I can set up icons that automatically dial my wife or text my wife. Um, at a glance, I can see where I am on Foursquare. So many cool things. You can have um, wallpapers that rotate. It's very customizable. They need to work out how to do that without ruining the battery, but I think they need to do it. Uh, at least at a very um, restricted, perhaps, launch. You know, only certain developers get access to it, but I think it would be a real fresh blood for uh, for Apple. Finally, at least at this point, and when I get started writing this, I'll probably think of more. But for now, I think they need iTunes for Android. Yeah, People use Android phones because they couldn't afford an iPhone, because they were sold an Android phone in the shop, or because they were handed one down, or because they think it's a better phone. And Apple, you know, has lost that customer. Does Apple think they're going to get that customer next time? Maybe. Does Apple think that it's not going to make more money by making music, videos, um, movies, available TV shows, available on Android devices, that Google's doing that. Google's selling stuff now on Android devices. Now, Apple have a very smart, and whether this is an indication that it may happen or just by sheer luck, we have two names for it. We have the iTunes Store and we have the App Store. 
Now, if they keep that branding up, the App Store is exclusive to iOS devices, obviously. But the iTunes Store could sell music, movies, TV shows, all on any device. You've got the iTunes. You've got iTunes on Windows. Why isn't it on Mac? On sorry, on Android. It doesn't make sense. So if I've got a Windows computer, I can run iTunes. I can buy movies. I can watch movies. But but I can't on Android. Podcasts, books. Why not? All these things could be on Android. And so let's say they lose uh, a potential, you know, two percent of the smartphone market. They gain a huge amount of revenue in movies, TVs, books, and music. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I really, really think that they need to consider this if they're not already. So those are some of the things that come to my mind when I think about Apple and where it needs to go next. And Matt, I don't want to say where it's going wrong. I just want to say gaps that I've identified in, in my usage of these products. Uh, and I'd love to know what you think. If you're an Android user, does any of that appeal to you? Would any of that make you come across to iOS? Would any of that make you spend more money with Apple? Um, do you care? If you're an Apple user, have you looked across at someone with an Android phone and gone, what's that you're doing there? What's that? And thought, why can't I do that? You can't. Let me know. Get in touch. Uh, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Love to hear what you think on this. And um, I'd love your feedback. Go to the website, as I say, eftm.com.au, or tweet me at Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Let's go to calls. G'day, Rob. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, I wanted to... Um... Touch base. I guess I wanted to load down on iCloud. It's been around for a while, I guess now. But I wanted to. Um, my iCloud is now getting full. The five megabyte allowance they give you. Yep. And I wanted to get, gauge an understanding of what exactly is backed up. Yes. And how much, especially photos, are stored. Yep. And is it worth buying the additional storage? Now, photos is a very good question, actually, um, because there's a couple of different kind of uh um there's a couple of different parts to it uh the 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 thousand photos that are shared in photo stream are um are shared between multiple devices so if you enable photo stream on any ios device um Mm -hmm. a thousand photos between all devices are shared so for example my wife and i have an iphone for example um i've got you know 500 photos she's got 500 photos they all sit in one big stream. If she was to take a thousand photos and I was to take none, my 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 yep. photo stream would show her one thousand photos because they're the most recent. Um, yes. So so that's that that's the shared photo stream between devices. That that's an iCloud feature. But in terms of backup, mm-hmm. my experience has been, and I will stand to be corrected, and I don't have an iPhone near me that I can turn on and check, um, but my experience is that uh, everything that is physically on your phone is backed up. Now, mm-hmm. what they do is they actually don't store all of the apps in your iCloud, which is fantastic. So if you've got a, and I think I pay 55 bucks or something for a, 
a larger yeah. amount of space, or maybe I pay more, but it's 55 gig or something. I don't know. But anyway, that allowed us to back up all of our devices. And when I, whenever I, because I obviously muck around with phones a bit, whenever I wipe a phone and, and restore from a backup, all the photos that were in my device, no matter how many there were, yep. are there. Yep. So as long as the photo okay. exists on your device, it is backed up as a backup. Because remember, that's all that iCloud really is. So iCloud is, you know, find my phone. It's uh, it's photo stream. It's an email account. But other than that, it's a backup. And and really what you're doing okay. is you're saying, here's all of my device. But what it does do is, is saves you the space by not putting all of your apps, because most of your apps are big. It keeps the data associated yes. with them, so your, your scores or your progress of the app, but it doesn't actually store the whole app in the cloud. So... What you're saying, I shouldn't rely on iCloud to save my photos. Forever, no, because at some point your device is going to fill up. At some point your phone is going to fill up and you're not going to have space for more photos and you'll delete photos and they'll get deleted from the next backup. You need another way of backing up photos. Now, it's a very good point that you make and I'll triple check, but I don't believe there's another option within the iCloud. I think this is where you need... um, to look at a you know a Dropbox or a, a Google Drive option. Yep. Now both of those yep. certainly Dropbox have an automatic upload feature, where it will automatically when you're on Wi-Fi upload your photos to the Dropbox cloud, and that to me is the ultimate because I'm just going through the process, and I'll talk about this next week of putting everything I have, every photo I've got since 1999, in the cloud, and it means I can view them on any computer anywhere in the world, and I have this secure backup if you know. Um, Sydney was, you know, went up in flames, I could move to Melbourne and yep. I'd still have all my family photos. So, uh, yes, that's a, that, so really, ultimately I should be, the photos I've got on my phone, I really should be still connecting physically to my computer. Correct. And, and putting them on the computer as Correct. well. Yep. We do it um, very okay. infrequently. <laughs> Um, my wife will say the phone's filling up or something and I'll just plug it in and I'll go, I have a, you know, a chronological order of photos. I know it's anal, but you know, a, a year per folder. And then under each year I have a folder for different events. And so I'll say, you know, 15th of April, 2014, Amanda's iPhone backup. And it's just everything that was on it. And then you wipe it clean yep. so that she's got a, a fresh, fresh start. And the good thing about that is okay. it wipes it clean, but then your photo stream's still there. So the last thousand yep. photos are still there. So it's actually really, you don't you don't lose access to the, the quick photos you took of the kids or anything because they're the recent ones you want. Uh, they're in your photo stream, yep. and uh, but you've cleared out the space on the device. So yes, you need to keep backing up. You need to find another way to um, archive, let's say, your photos yes. while relying on iCloud as a backup. Okay. Does that make sense? So what, what is, yeah, it does. What is, um, I guess, what is filling up my iCloud? Oh, sorry, yeah, well, yeah, what is filling up? Why am I getting so close to that limit? Is it the photos that are filling that up? Well, the good thing or is, is in the apps? settings, and in, while we've been talking, I've reached for an old iPhone that I've got. Fortunately, I have upgraded it recently to iOS 7, so it's working. And I can look now, I can click on storage and backup, and it says to me that I have total storage of 55 gig. I have 24 gig available. And when I click on manage storage, it, it loads all of my different storages. Now, it shows me that I have an iPhone backup of 11 gig. I have one for my wife, which is 6 gig. Um, and then I have some old ones. I have like a couple of meg 
But then underneath that, it shows me what's taking up space. Now, this is a phone I only use for recording, so there's literally nothing on it. But it says documents and data, 321 meg, and it shows me by app what it is. So I can see under iMovie, 300 meg, Keynote. So what you need to do is go go into the settings. So I'll go back and I'll tell you exactly where it is. Settings, iCloud, storage and backup, and then manage storage. And when you go in there, scroll down, and you'll see exactly how much uh, data every single app is using. Uh, even to the point where some apps, it'll break it down further than, than just one number. It'll actually show you per file what is taking up space. Yes. So a really cool thing to do. So, and then in that same place, you can click a button and, and try upgrade your storage to get more. Okay. So so if, I, if my apps are taking up a majority of that storage, which they probably are taking a large portion of them, hmm. Should I be? I would be. You know what? I'd be surprised. Power. I bet you any money they're not, because as I said, the apps okay. themselves don't take up space. It's the yeah. data within the apps that takes up space. Right. Okay. Uh, and and you are, so you you need to delete the data within the app, not not the app. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. And I, I think you'll yeah. find, mate. I think you'll find music, movies, and photos. Yes. Uh, is what's, okay. what's taking... Because there's a difference between taking up space on your phone and taking up space in your iCloud storage. And this is the perfect way to determine what's using space in your iCloud. So it's all there on your phone. You can manage it and view it all right on the phone. And then you can upgrade. So yeah, I'm paying... Uh, it actually told me this too. It's a changed storage plan. I think I'm on the highest plan. It's 100 and something. I'm just waiting for it to load up again. But um, I've got 55 gig. And I think that... Because you get 5 gig for free. So I'm paying... Yeah. Um, for 50 extra gig, and that is uh, around $100. It's not showing up right now, but I think it was about $100 a year, which is not bad. It's not brilliant, but so, it's not bad. So with the... Um, <laughs> so with, with the, I know you've been using Google Google Drive recently. Mm, mm. It, with, with, the, with that introduction of that sort of cloud-based system, is it, is it worth upgrading to the additional iCloud storage, or should it be... Or would Google Drive be a better option? Well, see, it's about, it's about, remember, this is about making your phone easy to restore when you need it. Now, um, you, you, so the thing is, if you've got a very small backup available in iCloud, then things won't get backed up. And when your phone crashes and burns and you need a new one, you can't get everything back. That's what this is about. It's a literal backup and restore functionality. It's not an archive functionality. So you kind of need both. (laughs) But what you need to do is, I mean, I went crazy, right? I just went, I want 55 gig and I got it all. And I don't even need half of that, right? But I was worried that we would need more than that because we've got multiple devices. Just incrementally add a little bit so that it fills out and you make sure you know what you've got and just keep your eye on it. Manage it. Pay for what you need. And remember, this is your security backup so that if you lose your phone, need a new phone, something's broken or buy a new phone, iPhone, uh, you can press three buttons yep. basically when you start it up, and it's unbelievable how good it is to to get a new phone, type in your iCloud details, and then within five minutes it's ready to go, and it's just there downloading it apps. It's brilliant. Yes, right. and that's the other thing I, I know you, you said you, you and your wife share the one iCloud. Yes, um, the re- and the reason for that is uh, originally we had one iTunes account and two iClouds accounts, and I forgot about yes. the second iCloud account, and I forgot that I could locate her phone when she lost it, and we lost it for several days. It was out on the road. Um, so one, I, one iTunes account, one iCloud account, I know where everything is. She can, We can find the phones. We can manage the storage. It's all in one place. It's so much easier. 
Oh, okay, because my wife runs a separate iCloud account because I thought that was a better option for locating phone and also storing her photos on. Well, I mean, as long as you know what your passwords and everything are, um, there's no no drama yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. But the good thing about okay. um, having one is it's you know I mean I've got nothing to hide, so I don't care if my wife knows where I am locating my phone and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> you know, I mean, there's obvious that's an obvious no, disadvantage to sharing an account is you know you do know where everyone is at the same time. So <laughs> some people don't want that. Yeah, well, <laughs> who cares? Mm. All right. Yeah. No, good luck with good it, my friend. Let me know what you end up doing, off. mate. I'll check it out. Thank you. Thanks, bud, and uh, thanks for getting in touch. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or uh, like Rob, you can uh, say good day on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Well, there it is. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are, right across Australia or around the world. Um, get in touch, say good day. Um, would love your feedback on a couple of things I talked about tonight. Cloud storage, Dropbox and the like. Um, the smartwatches, do you care? Are you into it? Um, and Apple, what do you think? What do they need to do next? Where are they missing out? What are the opportunities for that company? They have billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. I think they can make it work. Uh, love to know your thoughts. Get in touch. The website, eftm.com.au or yourtechlife.com. And you can tweet me at yourtechlife, at Trevor Long. And at EFTM, but the um, the me one is Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. You are listening to Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.